Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Lee. Our guest today, Seabass of WNWS of Jackson, Tennessee. This show sponsored by the Well Coffee House, a Nashville area coffee house that provides fresh roasted coffee along with house-made pastries, breakfast, and lunch offerings. There are four locations to serve you in the Nashville area. Those are Brentwood, Green Hills, Downtown, and Bellevue. More information can be found at wellcoffeehouse.org, the Well Coffee House where coffee changes lives. Our news presented by Sutherland & Belk, a family-owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been hurt in an accident, call Taylor or Russell at 615-846-6200. See what your rights are and if they can help. Well, this is indirectly Vanderbilt-related, but the MLB season will start late July. Commissioner Rob Manfred has instituted a schedule and a start date, so lots of Commodores in Major League Baseball for this coming year. So we will fortunately have some sports sometime soon, and thank God for that. Our guest line is brought to you by Bowling Branch, started by Vanderbilt graduates. Scott and Missy Tannen, I had no clue how comfortable sheets could be until I got Bowling Branch sheets. They are fair trade certified, meaning they are made under safe conditions by men and women treated and paid fairly. Try them free for a month. You can return them, but you won't want to. Once you get the sheets, try the mattress. That was voted the best mattress of 2018. Go to BowlingBranch.com. That's spelled B-O-L-L into the promo code Vandy and get $50 off your first set of sheets. Seabass joins us from WNWS in Jackson, Tennessee. How are you, sir? Sorry, sucker. That was me money. Tell him to call me when he gets done. <laughs> <laughs> what about it, Chris? Headed on vacation tomorrow. Lucky rascal. Rub it in, why don't you? Yeah, well, I don't take many, and they almost always involve in-laws. This would be the exception. I don't take any, and I don't have in-laws, so it works out perfectly. But I do have a dog track I'll be heading to Saturday. When's the last time you took a vacation? A vacation vacation? Yes. 1997. And knowing you, you're probably being serious. I am being serious. That, That is the last time I took a vacation. I was actually supposed to go to San Diego and Los Angeles uh, the end of July before uh, the uh, pesky little pandemic to uh, just kind of squashed all those plans. I was going out there and going charter fishing. I was going to the series, a weekend series with the Phillies and my Padres and uh, spending a week out there with my best friend uh, who lives out in Riverside. And uh, that, that all got canceled. So, yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of due for one myself. Yeah, we need to get you out more. I'm I'm willing. <laughs> if it right. helps, I'm willing. Right. Uh, let's start here. Uh, we lost a dear member of our community last night. Suddenly, Tommy Crockett posted his Tommy door. I woke up to that news this morning and was just stunned. You know, I, I got to tell you, Chris. Uh, I saw it on my computer at work. Uh, and, and I was in the middle of doing something. So I tried to look at it on my phone and, you know, as I've told you, sometimes there's posts that don't show up on my phone and that was one of them. So I didn't get to see who it was. So it was Tommy door, huh? Yeah, it was. And Tommy had literally been a subscriber to the site since day one, back when we started it in Oh three and it posted tens of thousands of messages. And I talked to him It'd been 
it's probably been 10 or 12 years since I actually spoke to him on the phone, but I've done it before. Never had the fortune to meet him in person. Always wanted to. And, and that's something I say out there to listeners. If you're listening and you spot me somewhere at a practice or, you know, out at Vanderbilt or out in public and, you, you know, for some reason you, I guess you recognize my face because it's been here and there every now and then. Stop and stop me and say hello. I always enjoy those conversations. There's a lot of people that I never got to meet or you know, never really have spoken to that I've wanted to. There's just so many interesting people in our community. I always enjoy those relationships when I get a chance to meet people. Uh, and, and some people have passed before I got a chance to do that. And uh, so if you're one of those people out there listening and, and you ever see me where you can stop me and say hello, I ask you to please do that, introduce yourself, because I enjoy those 100% of the time. And I'm sad I never had a chance to get to meet Tommy in person. Yeah, man, he he just posted just the other day. He posted on yeah, Monday and died Tuesday morning, yeah. Boy, boy, boy. That, that's so, well, I hate to hear that. I liked him, man. He was good people, man. I hate to hear about that. But did he live here in Tennessee? He was in South Carolina. He and his wife ran a jewelry business, and I think he did some kind of farming. Hmm. Well, I hate to hear that, man. I'm sorry to his wife and family. Yeah, me too. If, if they are listening, uh, our condolences, and if they are not listening – and somebody knows the family, I hope they will pass them along personally. Speaking of which, and I, I feel terrible that I never did this. This is a couple months old now, but Tony Pack also passed away. Tony had been on our site for years. If you ever went to the baseball tailgate, Tony ran that. If you ever went to back when they had, um, well, I guess they still do, have tailgates up and down. Natchez traced on football game day. Uh, Tony and his crew used to have one that was right next to the Chick-fil-A tent or truck there where they have the big screen near the uh, corner entrance to the end zone. And I was always an invited guest to that. Uh, Tony and Jeff and several other guys there uh, that I got to know really well. Uh, just salt of the earth, good people. Tony was, I guess, the guy that I don't know if he ran the tailgate, uh, but he was one of a couple people that did and was just a very devoted baseball fan, a terrific guy, and was always sincerely nice to me. Uh, and I meant to say something on the podcast months ago when that happened about it, just got busy and forgot. And so they may be, that family may be listening, and I know that there are friends of his that are listening. I think I've said it on the site, but if not, my condolences to the PACs as well. And that has been, that has been one of the things about this job that's been rewarding is that meeting good people and developing relationships and being part of community. And so those are two who have passed on uh, that I will really, really miss. Yeah, I hate to hear that, man. I do. Uh, I never got to meet either one of them, but, you know, you were talking about game days and whatnot. You know, one thing I'd like to do one day, or maybe if somebody make a post on that, then maybe they have I just hadn't seen it. Uh, you know, what everybody's game day ritual is. 
you know, for for when they come to Nashville or if they live there, you know, for me, uh, me and my buddies with same two guys I always go with, we always go to Satco and then Jenny's uh, before we hit the parking garage and come on over. Uh, but I'd be interested to see what some of the people, the people's traditions are. Yeah, we'll have to start that thread maybe in the fall. Yeah, or I guess we could fun. start, I mean, we could start the thread anytime. So we'll do yeah, that. There's no particular, I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, there's, 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 yeah, I will say we have to find a, try to cram it all in, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Plenty of time to do that. Well, back Hopefully to where, not too much. back to where we started. Uh, since I'm leaving on vacation, something will break tomorrow. I hope so. Hopefully good stuff though, only. Well, I'm, I'm afraid it, <laughs> this is not going to be the case. <laughs> and this, well, you might, you might have that with basketball as David Sisk has talked about. Uh, but I'm afraid, uh, I'm afraid there might be some more coming down the pike that are, that are maybe not good news items. Well, you know, I'm a, a spoiled Vanderbilt fans and all the good, good luck and good success and news we've had, you know, over the last few years. I guess it's probably time to balance that, right? You know what kind of year this has been for me on the board, right? Of course. You also have a benefit of having a pretty close friendship with me. And you and I talk <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Or maybe not the benefit, uh, but the misfortune, something like that. <laughs> I, just, I love the way you framed it. You get the opportunity to be my friend. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like it or not. <laughs> I can't, you can't imagine what it means to me, Chris. Well, you and I are close for a number of reasons, right? Yeah. In all seriousness, you have been a tremendous friend to me. You're one of the best I have. We're close enough to where... If something's really bugging you, I know what's on your mind, and and vice versa, right? I mean, we've had a, we we've had a lot of casual, fun conversations. We've had a lot of conversations about sports, but we've also had a lot of conversations that are pretty serious about stuff that goes on with our lives and just the conversations that good friends have. And indeed, one of the conversations I have with you often, there were a few people that. All right, you know how this beat has been this year, the last year or two. It's just been bananas. And it's something every week. I'm not kidding. And a lot of times you get a call because there's there's two or three people that I will bounce stuff off because they're in the media and they know this market, right? Yeah. And I'll just say, look, this is what I stumbled into today. What do I do with this? And a lot of times there's nothing I can do with it. I just have to just kind of sit and wait or sit and use this background, right? We've had a lot of those. We have. What percentage of what I know, good, bad, and indifferent, you think I ever write or talk about? Oh, <laughs> based on what I know that you know, <laughs> maybe twenty five percent, maybe I guess. Yeah, I I thought it would be would something like that. Well, I yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think it's I think it's less than fifty. I was just curious as to what you would say. 
Yeah, so, so I mean, it's I mean, I yeah, you know, some of the things I've heard, I I know will never reach the board, and more than likely never should. <laughs> yeah, and and that's kind of my point. Um, you know what this job has been like for me the last couple of years, and all the background I've had to sit on. And you know if I say something, I'm going to say it for a good reason, right? Right. I just might not ever be able to tell anybody. Let me ask you another thing. How much of the stuff that I have sat on has been good news stuff? Uh, I would have to say none (laughs) that that I can ever remember. Exactly. Yeah, none. But sometimes I, I do get a kick out of reading uh, some of the things that you get accused of when I already know what the truth is, you know. And I just want to post and say, look, man, I don't want to come out here and say you don't know what the heck you're talking about, but you don't know what the heck you're talking about, you know. But it it comes with just, I mean, and, and look, you say, well, why even if you can't tell it? Just because, I mean, there's just some things he just he just cannot tell. Not an effectively do this job. Well, and my rule is I basically, for the most part, I don't fight back. I just kind of let people have their say. If they want to say whatever they want to say about me, fine. I mean, I'll you know me. I've I've let stuff stand on our board where people have said all kinds of stuff about me that, that wasn't even close to fair or accurate. But whatever. If you want to out yourself. Go right ahead. I I think where it bothers me is where it gets into my credibility. And even then, I just, I let most of it go. You know, I think your beat is a little bit different than almost everybody's in the sense that generally the university and their athletic department are trying to at least possibly win favor with, with the, with the people that cover them, you know, and, 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 and be transparent to a certain extent and, and not force you to truly have to decode everything because, you know, they want to make sure that you in turn uh, are able to, to transmit what they need to, what, what the fan base needs to know and what's pertinent to them. And, and, you know, a lot of the times, the one that's because uh, you're supposed to be almost I'm almost I would almost call it maybe like an intermediary if you will between the fans and the university and a lot of times you find yourself fighting that university the, whose message you're supposed to be sending yeah it's it's that can been be t- tough it's, it's been tough I mean the only thing that I have that is consistently positive to the cover has been canceled it was canceled this year most of it so yeah. Yeah, it's it's been it's been a rut lately. But I heard a wise person say something this one time and I think this is really accurate. The truth is a is a carefully guarded secret and it's more dangerous than the lies. I like that. Who said that? Ravi Zachariah said, I, I have botched the quote, I'm sure, but I thought, man, that was something that stuck with me. Damn, I was hoping I said it. <laughs> well, you can, you can come with your own version. 
Yeah, what he said. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. Well, there's going to be baseball, so there's that. There is going to be baseball. I want to talk a little bit about uh, what David was talking about a minute ago. You know, yeah. with, with, his, with his post today, I mean, that's a name that has been linked from Vanderbilt for a little bit, you know, for a while now. Uh, it's really come on, and, 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 and Peyton Dams would be a nice pickup. You know, out of the Tri Cities area in the Lanny area, uh, that'd be a nice pickup. You know, I I, I think I, I don't know how you feel, but it really t- seems to me like we're really kind of trending towards being a perimeter basketball team going forward. Yeah, I would say so. They seem to have loaded up on point guards and combo guards. And I, and I think uh, Peyton Neal's what six feet tall too. I mean, he he is a point guard, point guard. Period. Yeah, and that's another of Stackhouse's AAU connections. Yeah, hey, whatever it takes, man. I mean, we, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, and I know he hadn't pulled the trigger at least as of yet. I don't think uh, if he has, I haven't seen it. Uh, but you know, that'd be a nice kid. I'll, I'll certainly, I'm going to turn down a top 125 player. I probably promise you that. Yeah, and everybody knows my thoughts on his recruiting, right? And I stand by 100 percent of it, but. They have traditionally made a living in that top 50 to 150 recruit. Uh, and so bringing in guy, I think he's, what, 109? It does seem like they've started to pick up recruiting a little bit, starting with this class. Now, I'm not super high on the, the kids that they brought in. But if they're going to put forth the effort and get kids in that range, then they'll be fine. You can win that way. That's what I've been saying. Yeah. Yes, and yeah, I say fifty to absolutely. I say fifty to one fifty. It's probably been more in that maybe seventy five to one twenty five has been their sweet spot. I mean, they've gotten kids like they got John Jenkins at one time. That's an outlier. Jeff Taylor, mm-hmm. I think, was top fifty or close to it, or maybe outside it. They don't usually get a lot of top fifty kids. Shane Foster might have been just inside the top fifty. They don't get a ton of those, but they get a lot of those Wade Baldwin types right around 100, 110, that kind of thing. What was Damian Jones? What was Damian Jones? Now, Jones, I think, was top 75, so he would have been at the upper end, but I think that's kind of been the spot where they've lived. And you get enough of those, and you're you're a, you're a an eight seed in the tournament, and which is fine. I'm I'm quite okay living in that neighborhood, to be real honest with you. I mean, now look, and I don't say that because of the way things turned out two years ago. That would be a I, look. I, I would never want to turn the back on the opportunity to bring those type of players in based upon the way that turned out. You know, because because it, it just as easily could have worked out, Chris. You know, one play here. You know, if that doesn't happen again, so I don't remember who we were playing some small school uh, when when he got hurt. Uh, if that doesn't happen, who knows? Uh, it may be a completely different situation that we're talking about right now. So, I mean, I still think you you, you go after those guys. You do. I, I, I believe that. And if it doesn't it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But I don't think that you turn your back on the opportunity to get guys like that. No, you don't. Uh, you don't. I mean, there, there's only been one time in the history of program where they did that momentarily, and we know how that ended. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, we know. And how cool was it to see him stay in the conference 
and not only stay in the conference and go to the one one of the two places we absolutely did not want him to go. But we deserved it. You've lost me there. Well, I assumed that you were talking about Ron Mercer. Oh, no, I was talking about the Garland Chateau Hall. Oh, okay. No, I was talking about uh, not, you know, I was talking about when we didn't take them when we could have had them. Oh, no, I was yeah, saying no. that they that usually, I thought you what you were saying was that they might not want to take guys that far down the list. Um, oh, you know, okay. the rankings. I was oh, going the other way. Yeah, no, no, that's, yeah, we, we got our wires crossed on that one. But, yeah, um, anyway, it, it's basically a guarantee. Look for something to happen Thursday or Friday because I'll be gone. Yeah, you know, and, and but hey, look, uh, I'll take that. We, I, I, I am one of those people that uh, I don't. It's not that I think that, uh, you know, we're. I, I don't think that we are going to be a Final Four team anytime soon. But I, personnel wise, I mean, look, I'd, I'd like to score some more bigs. There's no doubt, and maybe the transfer game works out for us that we can get a couple of those. Uh, but I think as the game itself shifts a little bit. You'd like to have those post presents, but I don't know that it's quite as necessary as it has been in the past. Shall we go on to the mailbag? You know, it's it's, it's your world, baby. Well, we will then. Uh, today's mailbag is sponsored by Vanderbilt fan Josh Minton, an independent insurance agent operating out of Brentwood who can take care of all your insurance needs. Give him a call today, 615-933-1979. Email him at josh at hqinsurance.com. Follow him on Twitter at HQ or facebook.com forward slash jdmintonhq. He's my insurance agent. Give him a try. Tell him you heard about it here. Bobby two times says if these allegations are true and Derek Mason is fired, who do you see taking over for the short term and who would be your top five candidates to replace him? Of course, that would be the Football stuff that has exploded on Twitter, I'm not going to get into that. Mm-hmm. If, if, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably already know. But anyway, I'll let you answer that question. Uh, who do I think would take over in the immediate? I, I would assume probably Ted Roof due to head coaching experience. Do you agree with that? That is what I think they would probably do. That's not based on any information. Of course, I mean, I, now I don't know what they were. I know there was some kind of underlying health issues. Is he better now? I would presume he is, or I think we would have heard. Right. So, I mean, assuming if that happened and he were healthy and that was the situation, then then I would say probably that. Uh, that that would be my first thought. And what was the other uh, a couple candidates? Yeah. Uh, can it can it be just my wish list? Just, yeah, well, you're the you one know, asked. They were asked the question. Well, yeah, I know, but I mean, some of them they're never happening. But you know, uh, of course, you know uh, somebody, one of mine, who's going to be the top five because I was saying that dude's name even before your boy Zach. There, <laughs> you know who it is. Uh, gotta throw my man Will Healy in. Throw him in there because hey, look, I, what he did with with my alma mater is just beyond unbelievable. It told me all I needed to know about the dude. Uh, You know, now here's a name for you that I would love to have had as as the head coach of this football team, and that would be Coach Satterfield. 
Yeah. Any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I I know a lot of people like him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, he's really starting to pick up recruiting there, too. I, I, You know, I would love, love to have Coach Satterfield here. Um, You know, let me ask you this. Now, you might say no. Now, I know one time he was connected to this job uh, last time around, I think, or at least interested. And I know some people are like, eh. But I I would say this. Uh, I think – I think Coach Hudspeth has done a, a, a as good a job, and he's even taken it even farther than Will Ely did. You know, I know that may be looking a little bit on the lower level of, of things, but you know that was a name that was connected to the Vanderbilt job last time around. What do you thought? What do you think about that? And he's doing great in Clarksville right now, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I think I've said this before. I think Hudspeth might have been on their list. Healy was on their list. I say their list. This was Malcolm Turner. Uh, who it was? Blake Anderson was the other one that he was going to take a look at. Had he been allowed to, or felt comfortable from moving on? That, you know, that's when all the financial oh. stuff hit, and you know, Kirkland was breathing down his neck about the money. Some of which I think was fair, some of which was not. Uh, but anyway, he wasn't going to be given the the go ahead to to part from Derek. But from what I was told from somebody who knew. Those were names that he was looking at if he had permission to move on. How about, uh, you know, here's one for you. Let me see if you, can, if you can guess who it is. Ties to Vanderbilt and is the current defensive coordinator. Uh, he has been, let's see, Ties to Vanderbilt has been a recent Power 5 head football coach and is the defensive coordinator at the University of Memphis right now. Oh, goodness. Ties to Vanderbilt, what does that mean? He has has very close ties to Vanderbilt, or has before. And he has recently been a Power 5 coach who was named, I want to say, Coach of the Year or something like that. Uh, in the last five to six years, and now is currently the defensive coordinator at the University of Memphis. I, I am drawing you, a blank. If you don't know this name after I say it, I'll rub your feet for two months straight. Okay. All right. How about Mike McIntyre? Oh, yeah. Okay. I didn't realize he was at Memphis. Yeah, he's the defensive coordinator at the University of Memphis. I had uh, Coach Ryan Silverfield on a couple of weeks ago on my show, uh, and we were, we were talking about having you know a guy like that. And you know, and I even asked, was there a little bit of pressure knowing that you know back in what was it sixteen that they won was like eight ten games for the first time in forever, you know, and and was, he was winning awards and. You know, seems like five minutes later, he's out of a job. And, and I still, I think, you know, what you can say what you want about Mason, but I think Colorado may have made, made the worst hire I've ever heard of. Oh, that was horrible. Just horrible. I, I just, I mean, I, you could have picked out the Boulder phone book and, and, and just picked a name and I would have felt better about the job. I don't know how you give that. You can win at Colorado consistently. What is the problem? Somebody tell me because I, I'm, I'm telling you right now, the right person, you know, in that athletic department, and the right person, and in, in, in that, you know, in, in that in that football program, 
you can absolutely win at Colorado. There's no reason not to be able to win there. You can win at Utah. You can win at Colorado. I'm going to go a little bit of a different direction because you know good and well, and, and hey, people are going to take issue with me saying it, but it's 100% the truth. Uh, and I'm on a roll this week, so why stop now? Uh, they will look for a minority first if there's a good candidate. Um, and Tony Elliott was one that I think that they maybe had their eye on last year. I, I ran that up the Clemson tree and got laughed at that he's aiming for much bigger things and that Vanderbilt is perceived as a joke in the college football community, which this was at the time where they were looking at doing facilities and stuff. And so now that that's all on the shelf for at least another year, from what I'm told, um, I would imagine that if that's a fair representation, they wouldn't get the time of day from him, it sounded like. Um, and so if you're, if you're going there, I wonder if they wouldn't do something like call up Chris Marv and offer him the job. I mean, I... I like Coach Marv. I'm not mad at him because he left. I mean, I got it. I understood. Uh, but, I mean, well, I I, what am I going to sit here and say? Is he ready for the job? I mean, I, you know, there will be people that tell you that the coach you have now is, is still isn't ready for the job six years later. But uh, that's a conversation for another day. I, I mean, I – See, I don't live. I don't live in that world, Chris. I mean, I I know they're just speaking reality, and that probably would be the first direction. See, I'm weird. I would be looking for the guy who gives you the best chance to win. I'm weird like that, you know. I don't see all those other things, but it's not my call. Um, he has no head coaching experience whatsoever, and what he has no what coordinator experience. Okay, if you're going to fish from that pool of candidates, who do you go after? I mean, if that's where I'm going, then yeah, okay. Yeah, but I'm. I'm, I'm just I, trying to think of who your other realistic candidates would be. If I'm in charge of this, I'm going to cast my net as far. I'm, I'm going to shoot for the moon. You know, she can't say no. You know, to go to go to the prime with you if you don't ask. You know, you, you got to put it out there. I mean, and, and, you, and you go after people that you can't get. When they say no, then you move on. I don't start swimming. In, you know, I don't start, you know, at, at, the, at, the, at the bottom of the barrel. And that's not really the bottom of the barrel. It's that way to put it. But people who have never even been a, a coordinator, I'm not doing that. Why would I do that? I'm a, I'm, at the end of the day, I am still a Power 5 team. I'm two years removed from the Texas Bowl in a great game against Baylor. You know, I've still beaten Tennessee, what, five out of the last eight years, I guess. So it's not like I can't win football games. Uh, so I'm going to at least give it a shot here. You know, I'm not going to cut my pool. I'm not going to be the one responsible for cutting the pool down myself. I'm going to make them tell me no. Let's see. There are... 11 blackhead coaches in the NCAA right now, one of which is Derek Mason, another of whom is James Franklin, and I don't know why this list is taking a while to pull up. David Shaw is another one. Dino Babers is another one. Um, Carl Durrell. Carl Durrell. Herm, Herm, Herm Edwards. Herm Edwards, yeah. 
most of those guys aren't coming. I mean, look, I get it. I, I, I understand uh, the last couple of years, but I mean, I don't want to do a pool where that's where I'm only drawing from. If they're not black, I'm not looking at them. I'm doing that, man. I wouldn't even be interested in following that hire. Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, cause look, there's Vanderbilt zero on, on that, in that manner, Vanderbilt has absolutely nothing to prove uh, whatsoever. Uh, man, here's a novel idea. Go after the best coach you can possibly get. You don't shrink the pool yourself. You make them do it, not you. I mean, because saying things like Dabo and Nashville, that's that's just being stupid. I'm not just going to say people who are, you know, I, you know, I was always kind of on the Bill Clark train uh, a little bit. But uh, if there was somebody, I, I, I guess one of the things about that's so attractive about Will Healy is that I think most people do believe that he truly is an up and coming head coach that is sooner than later going to end up at a power five school and probably do pretty well. Do they think he's a national championship winning head coach? Is this Nick Saban? No, I don't, I don't think that's the case, but I think he's uh, to finish cooking in the oven, uh, but he has real interest in this job. And, that, and frankly, I mean, there are very few people that have any ties or interest whatsoever, or be willing to risk uh, potential uh, future uh, bigger jobs based on trying to succeed in Nashville. But he seems to be one of those guys that might have that interest. So, I mean, he, you keep coming back to him and look, I mean, look, as a head coach, all he's really doing is winning. Right. I mean, that was the, what the first bowl that Charlotte's ever been to right last year, he's putting players in the NFL. He won at the worst football program in America. When nobody, what was it, his second year, Chris, that he had the number one or two recruiting class in America in Clarksville? It's it's just absolutely amazing. So I, he, he seems to me to be a guy that doesn't know what failure means. You're not going to get an argument out of me, right? There are some questions about him, but he's also a guy who, like, he loves Vanderbilt. This is where he's wanted to be. Now, I don't know if, all their nonsense has chased him away. I think you can probably write a check big enough to make some of your doubts dissipate. I don't know if they're willing to do that at this point. I don't think at this point there are a lot of coaches you can go get to fill in. And I'm not saying they're going to move on from Derek Mason. I do think that there are some clauses in some of the coaches' contracts that give some wiggle room to get out of things if there's an ethical scandal. And by the way, I'm not even saying that Derek has done anything wrong in this case, okay? I There is a whole lot, I think, to come out. There are multiple sides to every story. I'm not taking a stance on this, okay, just to be clear. But it has come up. People want to know. And what if he got hit by a bus tomorrow, right? So I'm with you. That's where I would go. But let's not forget the last major search they had well, other than the one that hired Stackhouse, you know, they, they had this opening for this AD. They had ADs all over the country with experience, some with Vanderbilt ties, and they went and got a guy who had never worked a day in a college athletic department. So to try to think like Vanderbilt is not necessarily to try to think like you and I would. Yeah. You know what I would do? I would I would encourage Vanderbilt to do what Jerry and Elaine encouraged George to do. Remember, 
they said, if every, every, every thought you've had is wrong, then the opposite must be right. right. You know, just two completely opposite what you've been doing. And, and, and we should be good to go. But yeah, I mean, with this stuff hanging over their head, and as you mentioned, more stuff potentially coming out. I mean, it's, I can't even think about that right now. We got to deal with this and find out what the ramifications for all this are going to be and what the truth is and, and what this means for this program and this department uh, and this university, period. You know, I mean, I mean, look, there's already, there was already ammunition from the other side from the last time around, you know, seven, you know, six, seven years ago. Uh, this thing will help in those regards. Well, you know what I'm you know? thinking if I'm her? Okay, I don't think the fan base is particularly excited about her. Uh, I don't think she's given the fan base any reason to particularly be excited about her. I don't think that uh, friendships at Kirkland, all the, the things we've gone over, okay, all, all those reasons she's never had outside experience, all those things, right? There's a ton of reasons to be well, skeptical. We've done that podcast. We're not going to do it again. But if I'm her and – she feels like she really needs to move on from this at this point. If she would like to win a good year and probably two years of a honeymoon period, and especially at a time where facilities has put on been put on hold, from what, what I've been told, uh, if she wants to see her popularity soar, she could do it one fell swoop and go get Will Healy. I think a lot of people who are not fans of hers uh, would start to view her a whole lot more favorably if that were to happen. Don't you agree? Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly agree. The only problem is that, you know, we're about to hit July. You, you know what I'm saying? coaches don't generally leave a month before the football season starts with all apologies to Bobby Johnson, but he didn't leave for another job. Uh, they generally leave right after the season or early on. They don't do it a month before the season starts. You know, I mean, even if it's an ob even if it's because you feel a certain level of obligation to your coaches and your team in the school you're at right now, you don't generally leave a month before practice starts. Well, that's true, and I'm, I'm trying to think. Bobby Johnson left, what, about this time in July? I think it was right at the end of July, 1st of August, when he left. And, of course, they couldn't do yeah. anything then. But No, no, couldn't do a thing in the world. You know, and, and but, but, I mean, even still, even, I mean, uh, if he left a day, you know, that's still, that's still leaving Charlotte high and dry. And I just don't, you know... I'm not saying, well, I wouldn't want somebody that would be willing to do that because if I'll do it to them, I'll do it to us. And there could be a modicum of truth to that, but I, the, Vanderbilt's not good. First of all, Derek Mason is the head football coach at Vanderbilt, you know, until until he's not. Um, and getting Will Healy as the head football coach for Vanderbilt this season is just not practical. That's, that's not going to happen. So if he were to be the head coach, it would have to be after a pretty miserable year this year that saw Coach Mason lose his job uh, on top of all the stuff that we're dealing with right now. Yeah. I think, well, I mean, look, if the situation gets to be toxic enough, 
and I'm again, I'm not saying it is. I'm just trying to think through all the, the stuff that could happen. I'm with you. I think that they would just go Ted Roof because of all you said. I mean, it is the summer's kind of snuck up. We're almost into July at this point. I, I think I've just kind of yeah. lost track of time. Um, yeah, I, I think it's it's too soon unless. Now here's here's a weird thing, okay? Mm. What if college football gets canceled or close to it somewhere in the coming weeks? If I, if you were close enough, I'd drive or wherever you were and punch you in the face. <laughs> just thank you. Just just don't. Uh, not the the Chris, I do a sports talk show two hours a back five days a week. Please don't jinx me. I'm all, I'm I'm already nervous about all that as much because I can't. I mean, look, there's just. I mean, we've done fine for four months, but I mean, go to any major sports website. Go to Roto World right now. Go to go to go to this. Go to that, and that's all it is. Said player has COVID nineteen. COVID nineteen this. Social justice, that there's nothing about actual games, you know, actual on the field sports stuff. It's something else, you know, and generally revolving around COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Look, look, let me say this. Is sports the most important thing in the world? No, clearly not. But here's what I really believe with everything I got, Chris. This nation needs its sports. It needs it. You know, we've always wanted it and we've always loved it. They need it now. I've never seen the country like this. It's depressing. It's never been like this. Yeah, and and, and the, one of the things that we get to uh, that, that that gives us, even if it's for a couple of hours, the opportunity to step back away from the crap uh, that is basically anytime you turn your television on now. Um, is to be able to watch the games. So, you know, think about a Saturday, Chris, how awesome it would be, you know, sell a, you know, let's say Vanderbilt's not playing this week and you're, and you can kick back and you can start at, you know, you can watch your game day and you can watch 11 o'clock and 2.30 and 6.30 and just ride it on in. And then you and David sitting back and just chilling, watching the games all day, having a good time, watching the scoreboard, doing your thing. How great that would be if that was this weekend. What a, oh. what a stress a stress reliever that would be. It, it's, that's it. In that sense, it's you know. I think when uh, when when baseball starts, we'll have MLB TV. I think he and I will just sit and watch games for a couple of full days. I think we may get that chance because I think my wife is going to go out to Colorado and take my daughter for a couple of days. In late July, which is right when they're going to start, you know good and well exactly what he and I will be doing. Oh, what you should be doing. Watching ball the whole time. You saw where they, they you know, with the 60-game schedule, you're playing like if you're in the National League West, you're going to be playing 40 of your games against your division opponents and the other 20 against the uh, the Western teams from the other, from the other league. Did you see that? No, I had not seen it, but I kind of like that. The way it works out is you'll have 60 games, and, of course, you have five teams in your division. You'll play each one of those teams in your division 10 times for a total of 40. 
uh, and then you'll play the like let's say if you're the Dodgers, you'll play the five teams in the American League uh, the American League West four times a piece for a total of twenty, and that's going to be your sixty games. Wow, that will be interesting. Yeah, I mean, and so if you know, depending upon what division you're in, you know, if you're like in a stacked division, you know, or something like that, you know, it's you know the one thing I will say about a sixty game season though is. It and it not not everybody's not in play. I mean, clearly, you know the the Orioles are not making the playoffs even with sixteen teams. But think about this, Chris: sixteen teams, more than half the league making the playoffs, and only a sixty-game season. Man, dude, sixty games. Think about it, Chris. That's the equivalent of starting the playoffs after about six games in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, you're not really who you are after 60 games, you know, especially if you've got some pitchers with some arm soreness or shoulder soreness, and they can't pitch for a little bit, you know, I, I mean, there are teams that really don't round off to who they are until they're well, at, you know, past a hundred games. You know, I, I could see, you know, at least initially very average baseball teams making the playoffs. Was it, what were the Nationals last year? Were they like 19 and 31 after 50 games? Yeah. They were yeah, a dozen yeah. games under 500 at one point. So, right, like, if you, you know, if was, you do that, you don't even have a chance to make the playoffs at that point. Oh, good Lord. No, you can't afford to you get off to a bad start. You have to start well. You know, you start out three and eight, your goose is probably cooked, you know. And you say, well, that's not, that's not anything. But, hey, dude, that's almost 20% of your season. You know, right there. So you got you 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 can't afford big slumps. You're coming out slow. You 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 just can't do it. And you know, it, it'll be interesting to see uh, see what happens. But uh, I think there's some there's some teams that. And, and you know, by the way, like when the when the Nationals were like that, when they made the playoffs before the playoffs even started, I picked them to win the World Series because why? Because they're built to win a seven game series. You know, they were. I mean, still are really, but uh, but that that that's why to me I don't say it was an easy win, but that's who I picked before the playoffs started was the Nationals because of that rotation and what you and, and the type of pitchers that you would have to beat multiple times uh, to get it done. I will trust Strasburg in the playoffs, you know, you know, I, I, and and that rotation that they had was just unbelievable. It was built to win in in series baseball, you know, and. Of course, you know, I'm really interested to see how it works out because with 16 teams, what are the round, what are the initial round of playoffs look like? Because you and I both know, Chris, that uh, the fact of the matter is that the, in any one game, the, the, the Orioles can beat the Dodgers in one game. You know, that's one game in baseball has is in no way whatsoever a test of who you are as a franchise at all. Right. You know, it, it would be like basing who you are on a as a, an NFL team uh, in one quarter of play. You can't do it. You, you just can't do it. And, and, and so I'll be real interested to see how this all thing shakes out, but I'm just grateful we're having it. Somebody asked me on the board or asked on the board today, what who, who would have an advantage in the 60-game season? I said Vanderbilt. <laughs> I thought that was – at least I cracked my. At least I cracked myself up with that. So, 
think I lost you. No, I don't think you did. Oh, okay. Our connection has not been great. Today. Hello. I'm sorry. And they keep blaming it on me. Why can't it be your fault? It might be. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Oh, that's got a flip phone. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I, I'm good to go. Oh, well, I think we have um, probably exhausted the topics of things to talk about today. Next week could be a lot more interesting. I kind of hope it's not. But uh, with that, anything left to be said before we end the podcast and I take a vacation? No, go take your vacation holiday when you get back and keep it real. And with that, we will end the show. But before we do it, tell folks where they can find you online, where they can find your show. You can find me online at, at Cheap Seats Bass on Twitter, and you can find the show at 101.5 FM in Jackson, Tennessee. Thank you, sir. Thank you. He's Seabass. I'm Chris Lee, host of the Vandy Sports Podcast. We appreciate you listening, and we'll catch you again next week. <laughs>